Best Western made booking our family beach vacation a breeze, and it felt a little like... <laughs> Time to go. Okay, kids, back in the room. Good night. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is The Longest Shortest Time from WNYC. I'm Hillary Frank. Our story today is about a breadwinner who makes dough, and she's literally a breadwinner. Yeah, I've won a a couple bread-baking prizes. Sorry, I really like puns. And so does she. I'm not um, far past the the bun-in-the-oven jokes. This is Rachel Crampsey. She's a baker. Rachel has had three buns in the oven over the last six years. Rachel asked me if she could come on the show because she wanted to talk about her parenting role reversal with her husband. When I came over to interview Rachel, I ran into her husband and told him that's why I was there, to talk about their role reversal. And his immediate reaction was, what roles? Did I forget something? Is somebody supposed to get roles? So this role reversal thing, it's nothing new. It's becoming more common for dads in hetero relationships to be the primary caregiver. We've covered this before on the show. But I wanted to bring you this story because it's a pretty amazing snapshot of parenting roles. And I think this is just a great chance to step back and take a look at our own parenting roles and maybe the roles that our parents played when we were kids and to think about how those roles work and and why we fall into the roles that we do. Because whether we like it or not, the second you become a parent, you start playing a role. And it might not be the one you'd imagined. My name's Kevin Crumpsey, occupation Mm, unknown. Uh, at the minute, I'm a stay-at-home dad, have been six years. Kevin is Rachel's husband. He's Irish. His accent is pretty thick and he speaks fast, but you'll get the hang of it. Before we get going, I'm so excited to announce that tickets are now on sale for all of our upcoming events in New York and the Bay Area. I'll give you all the details at the end of the show, so stay with us. Rachel and Kevin met completely by chance on one of those life-altering nights that seem to only happen in the movies. He was 36, she was 27. It was a brisk Friday night in the winter in Queens. Rachel and her roommate Alex were walking down the sidewalk hunting for a pint of Guinness. And um, there was this Victorian house that had a uh, neon Guinness light hanging in the window. And we walked in and there were two old men sitting at the end of the bar. And it's like, oh, this is perfect. And uh, Alex went to the back of the bar to use the restroom. She comes back and she said, Rachel, there's a gold mine of hot Irish guys in the back of the bar. They asked us to play pool with them. And she was partnered with this guy, Kieran, and I was partnered with this guy, Kevin. Rachel was my partner and Alex was Kieran's partner and we played pool. Kevin loved the tattoos on the backs of Rachel's legs, a giant rolling pin and a whisk. He loved how passionate she was about baking. 
And Rachel loved that Kevin was a guy's guy. He was a beer-drinking, pool-playing carpenter and not artsy or into sappy poetry like her old boyfriends. And basically, that was it. We went home together that night. Six weeks later, Kevin and I got married. The bartender, Mary, was one of my bridesmaids. And one of the old men at the end of the bar rented us our first apartment after we were married. So it was very serendipitous, the whole experience. This union has lasted almost a decade. Rachel and Kevin got infinity symbols tattooed on their fingers as wedding bands. They were crazy about each other, but they didn't get to see each other much since he worked days and she worked nights. They savored their moments together at dinner time, eating curry while watching Law & Order, the one show they agree on. Kevin came from a family of eight, including two sets of twins. He and his sister are the younger pair. And he always knew he wanted kids. Rachel was the only child of divorced parents. She had figured she was too career-driven to have kids. And then it was like, well, I don't want to have kids, but I want to have Kevin's kids. A year and a half after they got married, Rachel and Kevin had their first baby, a girl named Josephine. She's six now. Next came their son, Keegan. He's five. Then came Malachi. He's three. Up until our second um, baby was born, we were both working. And that's really when the recession hit. And he's a carpenter. So there wasn't a lot of new construction in 2009. And um, there was one week that he paid the babysitter more than he made. And he said, that's ridiculous. I'd rather stay home with the kids. And that was the last week that Kevin worked. Rachel and Kevin had always had opposite waking hours, but suddenly their routines looked entirely different. An average day for me starts at 3 a.m. when I get up and get dressed in the dark. And I go to the Montclair Bread Company. The Montclair Bread Company is Rachel and Kevin's bakery. It's in Montclair, New Jersey, the town where I live. Rachel's kind of a local celebrity here. She recently won the reality show Donut Showdown. And I mix a batch of donut dough and fry some donuts, top some donuts, glaze them, bake some croissants, uh, make coffee, all of that stuff that happens before the first customer comes in. When the first customer comes in, Kevin is just waking up. Uh, usually up at 6.37, get breakfast, kids washed, find, find clothes, find socks, get them dressed, pack lunches, get them to school. While the kids are at school, Kevin drops by the bakery to do handyman jobs and make sure things are running smoothly with the employees. Often, Rachel is out, consulting on bread recipes for grocery store chains. In the afternoon, Kevin picks the kids up from school. He breaks up their fights, changes diapers, plays with them at the park, helps them with homework, takes them to doctor's appointments. He makes dinner. Right around then, Rachel comes home. She eats with the family. By six o'clock, she's in bed, and she takes the three-year-old with her. So, you know, if I'm lucky, I get to see my kids for one or two hours a day. When do you see Rachel? Never. Very rarely. See, we very rarely see each other, to be honest. And so it's like where it's typically the absentee father and the absentee mom that's, you know, not a part of daily life for our family. And I feel really guilty. I missed every first. I went back to work when each of the three kids were five weeks old. 
So, you know, that was heart-wrenching. It's the last thing I wanted. And, you know, I still feel a little bit resentful for having to do that. Um, But the reason this reversal came into effect was just survival for us. It's interesting that Rachel talks about this as survival. Really, it's a choice, and, and she knows that. She chose her dream job, and she loves it. And I have to say the donut-loving people of Montclair are pretty happy with her choice, too. But as we all know, big life choices have ripple effects. So it just made sense that I would be the person to stay home. I, I just always loved hanging out with the kids. I don't know, man. I, I, I'd rather spend time with kids because there's no bullshit with kids. I mean, they're not... You meet so many people, man, where it's just throwaway conversations. It's bullshit. Did you know any other at-home dads, either in Ireland or here? No, no chance. And even now, like my older brother, he's 46, 47, he's five kids, I don't think he's ever changed a diaper in his life. I used to, I used to laugh when I was in Pennsylvania. Back when Kevin first stopped working, they were living in Pennsylvania. And I'd be walking about, and I was always the guy walking everywhere, a two-seater stroller with Keegan and Josephine and a dog. And people would, you'd meet people and they'd be like, oh, you're stay-at-home dad? I thought that was only on TV. Stay-at-home dads are slightly more common here in Montclair. Still, Kevin stands out. And for me, I I picked up my kids from school maybe three times all of last year. And the teacher said, well, Miss Crampsey, it's very nice to see you here for once. And every time I picked them up, I heard from all of the other moms how great my husband is and how he's so good with the kids and, oh, he takes such good care of them. Where, you know, I'm sure that you don't hear from all of the other moms when you go to pick up your kids like, oh, you're such a great mom. You take such good care. Like, who says that about another mom? Yeah, definitely. I've got that a lot of times where it's like, oh, wow, Kevin looking after, oh, my God, how do you do that? You know, it's funny. Um, So I... Our kids went to the same school last yeah. year, and I've seen you around town walking the stroller and, and walking around with your kids. And before I knew you guys, I thought the thing that everyone thinks that's so terrible, and I thought, oh, wow, who's that dad? Who's that guy <laughs> taking care of his kids? And I would never think that about a mom, you know, because it's yeah. so much more yeah. common. I don't know. I, sort of, I don't understand. It's not. I don't think men should get any... They shouldn't get a gold star because they are just doing what women have been doing forever. Coming up, one mom thinks Kevin definitely does not deserve a gold star and some uncomfortably symbolic tattoos. Don't go away. Thank you to everyone who's been writing us iTunes reviews. We especially love seeing the ones from people who don't have kids. We think of this as a show for everyone. Your subscribing and your reviews have helped keep us in the top 200 podcasts, and we need to stay there. Being in the top charts helps other people find our show, which helps us keep our show going strong. So if you haven't done this already, I'm going to ask you to just pause for a second. Go to iTunes, find our show, click subscribe, and while you're there, rate us and write us a review. And if you want to hear more stories about relationships and money, check out WNYC's Death, Sex, and Money with Anna Sale. They have this especially great episode called I Love You, But There's This Money Thing with stories from couples who are having a hard time talking about their finances, which is what Death, Sex, and Money is all about, talking in a real way about things that are not easy to talk about. 
Get Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the WNYC app. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Best Western made booking our family beach vacation a breeze, and it felt a little like... (laughs) Time to go. Okay, kids, back in the room. Good night. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. We're back. So this role reversal of Rachel and Kevin's, it extends into how they fight about it. You know, he complains because I don't help out enough around the house. Like, I don't do dishes and I don't do laundry and, you know, I don't cook, even though that's what I do for a living. Rachel's a great cook. I cook most of dinners. And I'd rather have it that way, to be honest, because when Rachel cooks, it's like a, a bomb site. I, I, when she cooks, I clean still. I'm no, by no means the best housekeeper in the world, but I, I definitely try. I just, I just, be, I, I think because it's, it's always it's the same, we always fight over the same things. I just think, well, because you know that it, that it gets to me, every time that you do it after, it's like basically saying, I don't give a shit. It's not that I don't care about it. It's that I'd rather be able to play with the kids for the one hour that I get to see them than run around cleaning up. These kinds of I'm carrying more of the childbearing weight than you arguments will resonate with anyone raising children with a partner. And while these kinds of complaints are generally justified, there's also an absurdity to them, which I think is especially clear when traditional gender roles are switched. Like, Rachel will volunteer to take a load off of Kevin by going to the grocery store. But then Kevin will be annoyed that she comes back with the wrong stuff. Like, she'll forget that they need cereal for breakfast and snacks for school. But it's interesting because on all, you know, all of these, like, mommy um, email groups or Facebook groups, there's always, like, the two or three women that are always complaining about their husband that's never home. And like, he comes home late and then he doesn't help out with the kids. And, you know, they feel like this husband should come home and take the kids so they can go, you know, take a long, hot bath or something. And I'm like, oh my God, that's me. I'm, I'm that dad. And, and no, no, you don't get to take a hot bath. We get to do this together for an hour. Like, I don't, I need you too. And, you know, it's, it's like, no, no, don't get mad at him. Make him dinner or cookies or something. Uh, you know, but the, but I mean, being with your kids all day also takes its toll on you. You know, like they're both really hard jobs. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I, I'm not discounting anything, you know, about about staying at home with the kids. And I definitely get that it takes its toll. So, but 
I, I think that especially when I'm traveling for business, I, I get the impression that Kevin thinks I'm going to the spa and it's anything but that. And then I feel awful because I'm like, oh, I had to talk to people all day and I had to take them out to dinner and it was so long and so awful. And, you know, one day we were fighting about something and he goes, you can go out and eat your snobby dinners and drink your snobby martinis that you don't like. I totally understand where Rachel's coming from, but she spends a lot of time in airports and, and, that, and just a lot of waiting around. But at the same time as well, she's going out to have five-star dinners and I'm sitting here making spaghetti and pizza. And, and it's, I'm not, it's, not a day, it's not a day at the spa, I'm sure, but it's, it's definitely not freaking cleaning up puke and dealing with exploding diapers and stuff either. So Rachel gets where Kevin's coming from too, but she thinks she's done more than he gives her credit for. She nursed all three kids through the night while Kevin would sleep. She'd pump while driving from one consulting gig to the next. She handles the family's finances. And Kevin worries because he feels like he can't spend. Still, when people see them on the street, they make the same old gender role assumptions about them that I stupidly did back when I'd see Kevin walking his stroller around the preschool. Rachel found this out on one of the rare days she picked the kids up from school last year. And one of the moms said, oh, I just want you to know that your husband let the kids eat something off the ground. And I said, well, that's not so bad because I remember I saw the baby eating a cookie and I don't know how old it was, but we haven't had those cookies in the house for at least six months. So it definitely had collected some dust, but you know, whatever. And she was like, oh, well, I, I just... I thought you should know. And it's funny because if this mom only knew, like, she should be tattling on me because I'm definitely the one that breaks the rules, whereas Kevin's like the one that sets the rules. So, um, and then I told Kevin and he was so upset because he's like, I thought she was my friend and she ratted me out. And it turns out that it wasn't even some random bit of food. My kid actually dropped the food and then like five second roll picked it up and ate it. Which is even more funny when you know that Kevin has dropped M&Ms on a movie theater floor and picked them up and eaten them himself. I mean, what's dirtier than a movie theater floor? Last year, for Rachel and Kevin's seventh anniversary, they went and got tattoos together. Rachel got a donut with rainbow sprinkles. Kevin got a stick figure family, a mom and three kids. Kevin joked to Rachel that it was clear where her priorities were. But Rachel's donut might actually represent the same thing as Kevin's stick figures. Their kids hang out at the bakery all the time. They help assemble donut boxes. Rachel teaches them how to make pastries and pizza. She lets them practice writing their names on paper plates with icing in a pastry bag, just like she did as a kid when her grandmother was making fancy wedding cakes. And she brings home sourdough starter so she can show them what she loves about it. And how you feed the sourdough, the mother, um, and you have to feed it bread and water every day to keep it alive. Wait a second. So what do you mean by the mother? So the mother is like the, it's the fermented dough. There's yeast, natural yeast in this mother dough or sourdough. And um, so you, you feed that mother dough more flour and more water every day to keep the yeast alive. So there was this nurturing, like soulful thing about baking bread that was just 
it was like raising a family. It was like the replacement because I was never going to have a family. So that was how I replaced that in my in my head. It's interesting that you're talking about that, that making bread feels like making a little family, like nurturing something. Um, but now you have your own family. So why do you feel like you need to get that from bread? Um, well, I don't feel like I need to get it from bread. Now bread supports our family. So it's a different dynamic altogether. You know, now I'm making the dough. Um, you need dough to make dough and all of that. Rachel and Kevin don't see their family roles changing anytime soon. Kevin thinks maybe when the kids are a little older, he'll be able to get back to carpentry. Maybe Rachel will scale back her hours a bit. But for now, they squeeze in family time when they can, like in February when they were driving back to New Jersey from a trip to Disney World. So we were driving, we were driving like 12 hours in the car. We were talking about Valentine's Day, but while we were talking about Valentine's Day, Keegan heard Family Times Day. Keegan, that's the five-year-old. So... He starts talking about, oh, are we going to celebrate Family Times Day tomorrow? Rachel and I, we were like, we're not going to correct them. Because to me, that's even a better holiday than Valentine's Day. Like, we just can't tell homework. That next day, Sunday, making me and Rachel family, family Days cards. We get up and he goes, Daddy, you ready for the best Family Times Day ever? Oh, yeah, that was the best ever. And I hope that he never, like, finds out that it's not Family Times Day. That's going to be our new, I'm going to put that on our calendar. It's going to be our new holiday. We've got pictures of Rachel and Kevin's dueling tattoos at our website, longestshortesttime.com. Come check those out. And we know that parenting couples come in all gender relationships, sometimes together, sometimes apart, sometimes single. We want to hear how your parenting roles work, how people tend to map you, how you map yourselves. There is such a huge variety and we want to hear it all. Go to longestshortesttime.com and leave your comment on this episode. That's episode 54. And as I promised at the top, we've got all the info you need for our upcoming events. First, the Bay Area. We have never taken the longest, shortest time on the road before. This is so exciting. So on Thursday, April 23rd, I'll be interviewing 99% Invisible's Roman Mars on stage at Awaken Cafe in Oakland. Roman is a friend of mine and the father of twins. I love talking about parenting with him. I can't wait for this. Then two days later, we'll be bringing our signature event, Speed Dating for Mom Friends, for moms to get matched up with friends, to San Francisco. That's at Viracoca. There will be lots of moms there, free bubbly drinks, so come join us. We're also so psyched to be bringing Speed Dating for Mom Friends to Radio Love Fest at BAM in Brooklyn on Thursday, May 7th. Radio Love Fest is this amazing week-long series of events with some of your favorite radio acts. There's Radio Lab, Terry Gross, John Schaefer is hosting a show of Mexican bands playing Morrissey, which should be awesome. So uh, tickets are on sale now for all of our events. Find links on our homepage under events. And don't forget to check out Death, Sex, and Money with Anna Sale. Anna's also going to be at Radio Love Fest, by the way, with Luscious Jackson and other special guests. Get Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the WNYC app. This podcast is a production of The Longest Shortest Time and WNYC. The show is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Joanna Solotaroff. Bill Moss mixed the show. 
Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. Special thanks to Peter Clowney and Jonathan Menhevar. I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks at 3 a.m., but if 3 a.m. isn't really your style, you can hear it the night before at 9 p.m. All you need to do, subscribe to our newsletter. Go to our website, enter your email in the little box, and I'll send you a secret link six hours earlier than the show gets posted. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we want to tell your stories. Remember, we are not just about the first few years of parenthood anymore, so pitch your kids. Pitch a story about your relationship with your own parents. We want to hear everything. Go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. Best Western made booking our family beach vacation a breeze, and it felt a little like... Time to go. Okay, kids, back in the room. Good night. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western.